Hello, welcome to the Working Arts Podcast. I'm your host, Erica Martin. Today's episode features actor, singer, dancer, producer, Sarah Pavlovs. She started Starbuck Theatre Company, which is based in Birmingham. We talk about the challenges of running your own company, how important the arts is for young people, and all about Starbucks' upcoming shows. Enjoy. I have lived a passionate life. I've sung songs of mourning, of strife. I have won wars with the drum and the fife. Couldn't you do the same? Welcome, Sarah, to the podcast. Hello, thank you for having me on. So tell me what you do. General question. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Um, I'm with my company. I started my company in two thousand and fourteen, and um, it started off as a youth company to put on shows. I was realizing more schools were kind of getting rid of the arts quite a lot, and then um, alongside that, because I'm a performer anyway, um, we started sort of a professional adult company, so that um. The youngsters working with us who were teenagers at the time, just teenagers, um, could experience sort of working alongside a professional company and seeing how shows are put on and that it's not just being on stage and singing and dancing all the time. Um, and so we started to put on small, um, new or not well known at that stage musicals, um, American musicals that we'd sort of tour around to small venues so the um, the Midlands and in London as well so we started with I Love You Because and then we did things like Next Thing You Know but then I was in touch with quite a few writers over in America as well about putting on workshop development performances of their work so the first time that it would be done over in the UK or sometimes the first time it's been put on its feet at all and that's kind of where the company's grown to now that we work alongside writers to help um, develop and stage new writings and it's called Starbuck, right? Yeah, Starbuck Theatre Company. So my dad was an actor anyway, uh, Barry Starbuck, and um, he influenced me a lot growing up. So um, I wanted to name the company after him. Yeah, because my children won't have the Starbuck name in that sense. So I was like, it would be nice to kind of give him something back with that. And when did you start performing yourself? I mean, I've been dancing since I've been like three. And then <laughs> um, I did some more acting throughout school and amateur dramatics. And then um, when I was 18, I went and did performing visual arts at university, actually. And um, then I was quite ill in my early 20s. And um, so had um, my children quite young in my 20s as well. And then thought, I still want to be able to perform, I still want to be able to do this, but I want to work it around the family and what I've got. And so that's why the idea of rather than just kind of going and trying to audition and things like that for lots of things is to create new work. And I love the creating process and being collaborative and working alongside other people as well. So the idea of not just putting on shows that are already have been done quite a few quite a few times which is great I love musicals in general and, and shows but it's been nice to be at a stage where I can work with writers and composers and musicians and directors and we can all work together to put on new material. It's, it's sort of a great way to utilize all of your skills as well when you've 
when you when you've created that kind of environment because you do get to sort of you know use all of your skills to create a show to put it on it's yeah it's really it's just so lovely to I mean I think everybody who's in this sort of industry or I've been lucky that I've worked with some amazing people that they do like being able to do everything they're not just like I'm just going to be on the stage and just perform or I'm just going to stick with this job everyone's kind of work together and everyone who who I've worked with us have been really lucky with people that I have worked with that they're all lovely is the sense that we all want to get the the most out of a project as well so that everyone will collaboratively work together what I mean when you started the company what did were there any challenges to starting that company that you noticed or that you faced I think in general it's just it can be very busy because <laughs> you're doing um a lot and I'm a mom as well um so it's a lot of juggling that you do and as I say we've got the youth company alongside the um the, the touring company as well so we have shows all the time going on with them so for instance we're doing the Adams family in July with them and then the week afterwards is when our next show is on in July with the um, professional company <laughs> the week after so it's a lot of juggling it's also because I've mainly worked this show we're doing in July which is uh, called Snowfall in July little plug there um, <laughs> <laughs> the old joint stock in Birmingham um, it's the first time I've worked with a British writer and composer all the others have been American and so those challenges are the ones of obviously the time difference with America a lot of the time as well of trying to do conference calls and um, for instance, we did, we've just a mob wife at the cockpit theatre in uh, Marleybone. And so the composer and writer, so Mike, Michael Mott and Corey Skaggs, they flew over for the final week to work with us. But for the two weeks previous when we were rehearsing, we were doing a lot where we did Skype after the rehearsals to speak. And they're completely involved because we videoed all the auditions. We I videoed when I looked around all the venues of where the show was going to go on. And so they had a massive say in everything that we did but they weren't physically there until the final week. So it's a lot, of, it's, it's, I think it's a lot about communication as well and making sure that they're happy with the process. Do you, did you ever, I mean, have you ever find that it was, it was difficult to work with some people like, you know, creative differences or that kind of thing? Cause they're not necessarily going to be able to be there for, you know, the entirety of the, of the process. Right. Um, I've got to say, I haven't found that really because it's just been when I first approached um, Michael Mott about um, doing one of his shows, we had a really long telephone conversation first. And that's what I've done with all the writers that I've worked with. So I think from day one, there's no point me making false promises or anything about my side of the project and there's no point in, in them doing that as well because at some point then there will be clashes so we've had a really sort of open relationship from the start about about how one how I run sort of the company and the shows but also what they want from it so we can have that mm. constant open discussion right okay yeah that makes sense how, I'm just going to ask, just because there's a, quite a lot of people nowadays who who are trying to start their own companies or to just put things out there, be creative, because it's such a it's a great way to like make work for yourself, but also to help create uh, your own creative community and that kind of thing. Um, how how do you go about, or how have you gone about getting funding for these kinds of endeavors? 
That is the hardest thing to do <laughs> in that sense. I have worked, everything that I do within the company goes back into the company with how it is from my point of view. And at the moment I have self-funded everything so that I've been able to, um, with what I make from one show, put it back into another show and work in that sense. Um, however, for future shows and things like that, I am looking more at Arts Council funding, although I know that's hard at the moment. And um, But yeah, it's so far it's all been self-funded about what's gone in and what's come out. Yeah, that's sort of... It's so tough though. I'd love to I'd lo love to meet with other producers and creatives and we could discuss this through though because it is so, so tough. Yeah, yeah. It's that's. I think that's one of the things that comes down to. I'm, I'm ta I was talking to my friend. We're, we're putting on our production in the fall and we're discussing, you know, how to go about this. What's our budget for this? What's our budget for that? And she today she just said, how, how great would it be if we just had a whole bunch of money? <laughs> yeah, that would be the best thing ever. If we could just have like how about limitless money it would be amazing and that is really tough it's like when you're at the stages when you're looking at okay budgeting how much things are going to cost and things like that and it always goes over budget slightly anyway because when you're there on show week something will a paint will be needed of a specific color and do you know what I mean or something like that that people might want that happened in the latest show that's why I'm using that as an example and um so it is uh yeah, so it always goes over slightly, but I've been very, very lucky so far with how I've been able to manage it. But no, funding is the next step for me that I'm going to look at Arts Council and other things because we want to we want to continue to develop new work as well, and I think that's really important. Yeah, that, there's quite a lot of um, uh, of people sort of saying, you know, why are we revisiting old work and that kind of stuff, and we should be sort of supporting, you know, stuff that's that's brand new um, because you know that's it's a great way to get the perspective of people living now and to um to sort of expand to expand the the creative community because you know otherwise you're just sort of seeing it from the eyeballs of like of of people who aren't around anymore and whose whose experiences are not the same as what we're living with now isn't it so yeah definitely and I think it's um f for me what's been quite interesting particularly talking to the american creatives who i've worked with is they often do um in america or off broadway the where they do like the first sing-through of musicals where they'll stand behind stands with the books open and they'll sing through it but there isn't really that thing of like, what my company are doing we're not put necessarily putting on the world premiere of something we're doing a workshop development performance but that's fully costumed that has a set that has the cast in there. So it allows the creatives. So I say when we did this in January um, with Michael Mart, his agent and um, Corey Skaggs to be in the audience, to view it, to see what the audience, how they kind of took it and then to develop it further now for when it is going to be its complete premiere. We've kind of babysat it and kind of taken it onto its next level, which is lovely to be able to create these characters for the first time. Yeah, it is. And it's important for, for the piece, you know, because then the, the, the writer of the piece the, can take a look at, you know, what has been created and does it work and how does it work when it's being embodied by an actor? Because it always changes, doesn't it, when an actor takes it on? Oh, completely, completely. And um, yeah, and it, it's just, they. I know that they've said they found that really useful to then be able to take on. And, and every night audiences laughed at different things, for instance. And with Mob Wife, we, they were developing things even till the last last performance like a song was put in 
on the afternoon of the last performance <laughs> for a new character, uh, for the sorry for one of the characters, and um, yeah, so that was uh, it was continuously developing as the week went on. That's that's definitely one of one of the challenges as a performer for new works is that you just never know when that's gonna come up. Yeah, and that was I think that was a bit of a shock on the final night, but it was it worked, and the actor Alex Wadham did really well with it. So um, yeah, it was. Uh, it was it was, a, it was a really good experience. It's tiring, obviously, but it's also there's nothing like developing something like this from scratch. I think, and that's what's been quite nice with the next one we're doing, which is the one. It's the first time, as I say, I've worked with British writers, um, in the sense that it's been quite a different process because they're here in the UK. So what we've done, we had the first read of that. The first table read was like January two thousand and eighteen, and then it was the fact that we've kind of met a few times as the months have gone on and it's only now when it's on this July that we've kind of gone right we're meeting I think like three four times this month and then the two weeks before we've got the intense again which is what we do but it's like it's been it's been kind of that they're here more that we can create it all together so we've got there's Andy Smith is just the loveliest composer and lyricist who's doing it and our book writer James Edge is um who's also directing it he's such a strong writer with it as well and he's got a new musical that he's developed that will be on later on at some point as well which is called Twitch and it's about a young boy with Tourette's and physical tics which is also he's developing that so it's really nice to work with new writers who are exciting and in the UK as well so that's what I'm kind of finding exciting this time because I've always worked with Americans <laughs> so it's quite nice to work with them over here as well. How, how, is, um, how easy is the, the casting process for you guys? We've always done it as there'll be auditions for the shows that, that we do. Um, some of them have been more local this time because uh, for Snowfall in July, which is on in July, because we've been developing it in the area, we've used um, Midlands-based performers because I'm based in Birmingham, around yeah. Birmingham. So it's um, so we've used performers that can literally kind of all come together. They're not all from Birmingham. We've got something like rugby or North Wales and things, but it's kind of relatively close. Um, but what we do is, yeah, we do auditions. We've um, for Mobwire, for instance, we did initial ones. Uh, some were in the Midlands. Then we went down and we did them in London as well. And um, and then we sent all the audition footage to the creatives over there or over here. We have a team that will then um, see about that as well. So it's, 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 it seems quite getting quite big, your your company then, like you've got, you how, how big is your team actually, I should ask? My actual team is kind of, um, is, is me, <laughs> that's done <laughs> quite a lot, um, and um, I have, um, there's a guy who's MD, MDing Snowfall for us as well called Sam James, and he works with me a lot with the youth company as well um and but then it's really this team of people that we bring in for each show that they are very aware when they're brought in that it's the collaborative process from day one so James Edge who's writing it now he's and directing it he's we then all work together but I kind of bring everyone together <laughs> in that sense so it's it's well it's important that you have these like you're talking about getting these meetings done with the the Americans if they're if you know if they're the ones that are writing the show because got to be on the same page because otherwise it's just not it's not going to work right like it's yeah I think that's that's genuinely how it is when I take on a project before I'll even take on a project with a company as I say I'll have these telephone calls just to make sure 
that we are on the same page because mm-hmm. otherwise it would just be such a stressful experience. And it basically takes a year to 18 months to put these on because of the fact of getting the venues, getting the cast, um, going through rewrites um, and everything like that before we then have an intense rehearsal period and then put on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say so far what it's been is kind of the intensity of like a two-week rehearsal period and then a week of it being on somewhere or um we've done other ones where we've done them in sort of three different venues as well maybe around so they can kind of see different audiences reactions from different parts of the country or different sort of demographics as well um so it's um it's quite a lot of uh work and organizing but there's also nothing like it i love it i feel incredibly lucky to be able to do what I love all the time and work with some incredible people. That's that's really what it's all about. Like, yeah, I, I 100% agree. Did you think you were going to be doing this when you were growing up or when you were studying? Um, I've always wanted to perform. I perform in the shows as well. So I've always wanted to kind of perform. And as I say, it was, for me, um, it was kind of an eye-opener in my early 20s when I was very ill. And I was told at one point that I might not be able to perform again that I was, um, it was kind of a thing that I was like, no, I'm going to be quite, I'm quite driven in that sense anyway, that I was then going, I'm going to do this and um, I'm going to make it work. And I think as well, I feel um, it's groups like the, there's Bossy on Facebook and things like that, which is kind of getting the female uh, creatives together. There's this massive, at the moment, I feel there's, it's a really exciting time to be um, in the arts and in the creative fields because from a female point of view and it's a female company in that sense, it's my company, it's that um, we've got this support behind us which is really nice and exciting. I mean, do you, do you think that um, you gravitate more towards projects that might have that per- female perspective? Um, I wouldn't say all the time. I'd like I like working with everybody. I think I'll just go on personality and on each individual project I'll take on. I, I won't just take something on for a specific reason. It has to be something that I think is right for the company, is right for the theatres that we, I get on with the writers. Mob Wife was actually um, very male heavy in that sort of sense, but had three strong female characters in it. So although there were sort of more males involved in it, the female characters were very strong. And that's something that we have discussed when we develop these shows. So with um, Snowfall in July, we've de- when we've been helping to sort of develop the characters and things, it's it's been important to me and the other sort of females involved that the females aren't just there as props, that they're there for kind of... There's a reason to them and a story <laughs> in that sense. Because um, I think it too often women have been wives and girlfriends and secondary characters, yeah. which they aren't in Snowfall and they weren't in Mob Wife either in the end, which was lovely. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think it's more the the quality and not necessarily the quantity of the characters. Because if you've got a whole bunch of female characters, but they're not really being yeah presented in a nice light, or you know, if they're just being yeah used to sort of continue on the plot it's sort of like uh. yeah it started like a flight of fancy i needed to learn 
teach me I knew it wouldn't last forever but you know how these things go there was always more to know so I stayed with Joe I stayed with Joe I stayed with Joe soon he was a part of me he was a necessity I thought it couldn't last forever but you know how these things are I could never stray too far cause I needed joy How did you gain interest in your company? So what I mean, what I mean is just how did you put the company out there and how did you get a following and these kind of things? Did you find that difficult at the beginning or? Yeah, I think so. Well, I think um, I've always kind of had the attitude that hopefully people might speak to me <laughs> if I speak to them. <laughs> so um, I've kind of, at the start, I approached a lot of people in that sort of sense and um, I wasn't afraid to just go and give things a chance. I've always said I'd rather try and fail than never try at all because in the end I haven't failed then. Um, mm. So I, um, when it first started with all the projects I've worked with, I approached the writers and kind of said, hi, <laughs> please speak to me. <laughs> um, I really like your music and um, and yeah, it's, that's worked out well. And then what we've just done is through social media so we're on Facebook and um I think because we had the youth company as well that's been really nice that the that the teenagers although some of them have moved on now they're not teenagers anymore but that they've kind of um shared things with us on social media we had um there was somebody who was in Mob Wife Duncan Burt who's brilliant at everything to do with social media as well so he did a lot on Twitter for us while that was going on and uh yeah it's kind of been pushing it through that and also I think when we'd done the first couple of shows and they were new music new or unknown sort of quite relatively unknown musicals at the start people came to see them they enjoyed it which was lovely and then they kind of came back and saw things as well I think the hardest thing for me was when I was taking stuff down to London for the first time because we've obviously got family and friends who are in sort of the Birmingham Midlands area. But when we were then transferring stuff to London, it was like, okay, how are we going to sell things now? Right, we'll flyer yeah. it. With, I mean, I've got friends who are down there. I'm there quite a lot. But it was the fact of we want this to not just be friends who are seeing it, but to, to get audiences to come as well. And um, we worked with um, a marketing person when we did Mob Wife, when we did... Um, we, we've used uh, the tabard in Chiswick as well and with that we went and did quite a lot of flyering around there at the time it was really nice in summer so everyone was out and uh, yeah it was I think the biggest thing is to not 
from my point of view or any advice that I'd give anybody in that sense and I'm not a guru of advice or anything but is to just go and approach people and speak to people and don't be scared to just give it a go because actually you could get something amazing from it well it's just that you said you just never know you never know where you're gonna get your next job you never know where you're gonna find your next performer or your next project like you just sort of have to be open to any kind of possibilities that's that's sort of the arts in a nutshell isn't it yeah and like the people who I'm speaking to now about a potential next project was um they they actually contacted me through um the project that I've just done as well so it's kind of now which is really nice that word of mouth and but that mm-hmm. wouldn't have ever happened if I hadn't approached somebody to start off with you know what I mean? so it's all that kind of of just taking that first step, which can be a little bit scary, but just just kind of going for it. And then hopefully, if that goes well, then somebody else will see it. And we also, for for the shows that we've done, we've obviously invited some some reviewers that have come to see things. And um, also, yeah, so while we're down there, sort of different agents and producers and things like that who've come to see shows. Yeah, that's good. I think about... Um you know, auditions, I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to go, these kinds of things. And I just remember one time in particular, my friend just was like, no, you have to go. Just go to the audition. Like, don't stop thinking about it. Like, just go. And I'm really glad that I did, you know, like, that's, that's the, that's the feeling that you have to get over of like, oh, I've never done this before. Yeah. But you just never know. And so. I think in this field, like, there's going to be loads of knockbacks. That's kind of, what it is in the creative field in that sort of sense that there are going to be people that say no at some point or you're going to kind of come across obstacles but um I think in in general what I say from my point of view I was very determined to try to create something that would work around as I say I've got two I've got an eight-year-old and a six-year-old so it's it's sort of working around them quite a lot it's I'm really lucky because it's my company for instance that I can call rehearsals sometimes that can finish at 2.45 so I can still do the school run and little things like that so I feel very lucky obviously during show week I barely see them (laughs) but maybe it's like uh but they're very aware of what I do and um and yeah so I I think for me it was that thing of I'm so desperate to make this work I love creating I love shows and I love teaching as well I love being able to teach with the youth kids that I've got um and then just trying to work out how it's going to work around life did the the youth program sort of start at the same time as the company literally the same month it was insane yeah (laughs) so that wasn't stressful that month at all (laughs) um but yeah pretty much did I I was part of I was working in a school and as I say I was very much aware I go into schools anyway and I do workshops and I also like teach um privately and um I was aware that GCSE drama was being dropped quite a lot in some schools that the they aren't doing as many shows that's not the teacher's fault at all that's just how the stress of the education system is at the moment um and that the arts aren't being acknowledged and I was seeing so many incredibly talented amazing young people and I was like you just that they didn't have the opportunities so I was like I really want to be able to create something for them and it's kind of started it was very emotional this summer because uh the people that it originally almost started for my original ones moved on they are now 18 and they they were ready to go and some have gone to drama school some haven't and some have gone to become doc uh, go to doc uh, do medicine sorry and um 
it it was incredible to see them. They all come back all the time to to see the others and to work with us. And um, but yeah, it was for them really that it originally started. I went. I wanted to create something for those specific youngsters, and then it's just grown from there, which has been amazing. We now take classes from like four year olds up to people in their twenties, and do classes for people wanting to have help to go to drama school. And it's uh, yeah, it's really it's. I get such, I get such a joy from teaching them. I really do, as well. Do you think um, that your kids will be interested in doing that kind of stuff? Well, my little girl already is like, <laughs> she's six. She's just um, done really well in a lot of dance competitions this uh, weekend. I'm not a pushy mum at all. This is going to come across that I'm a total <laughs> stage mom. <laughs> which, uh, but she, um, yeah, she's just won um, quite a few um, awards for uh, dancing and she's, she sings and acts quite a lot. My little boy also is really involved in kind of, he's eight, he loves the acting side and plays the piano. And so it's, um, yeah, it's really, really lovely to see. And it's quite nice as well because they're involved in one of the classes that like I teach with, with Sam and we both. Um, and so it's nice to be able to see how much they're getting from it as well. Do you have a, a staff of teachers? Is it you and... It's me and Sam James, this person, who's also MD for Snowfall in July. Right. So it's the two of us. However, we also will often bring in... Um, I feel very lucky again that I know quite a few people that are working in the industry. So I'll often bring in industry professionals to work with the students as well. So we've had um, people in the past who... People like... Tim Protty Jones, who's been in Once and Kinky Boots and things like that, he he came in and did some vocal workshops. We had um, the incredible Matt Bond, whose beautiful voice, who came and did some vocal workshops with us recently. We've also had people who um, have come in and do, done sort of acting workshops with them as well. So it's not just musical theatre; we've done the acting as well. And so, so hopefully, I just would like to think that I'm giving all these youngsters a um, a kind of a a chance to see how the industry works and also giving them the best opportunities that I personally can give them. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. It was exactly as you said, because if they don't, if they don't have other places to get that from, um, it's really great to be able to give them those opportunities. Yeah. It's, I just think that, um, it's so important. The arts, not necessarily, it's, it's wonderful if then they can obviously go into it if that's what they want to do but more the fact of being able to teach like empathy and giving them confidence and self-worth with what they're doing and and friendships and honestly I said I know it's I know it's my company but the youth company or in general all the shows we've done it ends up being more like a family and um and that's what made it when one of my um originals left um in the summer um he was just standing on the set at the end we did anything goes and he was just standing on the set and I went are you okay on the final night? And he just went, it feels like my family's splitting up because he was leaving. That made me cry. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Bit of emotional anyway. <laughs> but it was, and they all, I say, they all come back, which is lovely, but he'd been part of it for four years. And it's, um, yeah, we really do have this big family feel that hopefully, as safe as they don't go into it, they're going to get something from it. Yeah. Um, so tell me exactly about what you have coming up and dates and things. Okay, so coming up, we have in July, which is the 4th, 5th and 6th of July, at the Worcester Arts Workshop is when it's the senior youth company of mine. It's there, they're doing Adam's Family. 
um, Young at Part musical. They're incredible. They're, they're, I'm so lucky to work with such wonderful youngsters. And then um, on the 11th, 12th and 13th of July, because I never need to sleep, clearly, um, <laughs> I've got Snowfall in July, which is by uh, composer and lyricist Andy Smith and book writer James Edge. And that's on at the Old Joint Stock in Birmingham, uh, who are incredible anyway. They support new musicals all the time, the Old Joint Stock. And... Um, you can get tickets through their website, The Old Joint Stock. And that's about, sorry, I should probably say, Snowfall in July is, is very much like almost like a Sunshine on Leith wants that kind of musical. There's actor musicians and um, follows the story of a, of a young man who thinks he can kind of run away from his problems and then works out that you can't always run away. You have to face them. Ain't that the truth, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> So that's kind of a folky musical, and that's not folk. That's probably wrong. Acoustic musical in that sense, which is, um, which I'm really excited to show actually for the first time because that's been, I say, developing since January two thousand eighteen now. What's the instrumentation that you use for the musicals? So for it depends again. It's each one is different. So normally it's um, three or four we've had before in the band. We've um, in. Um, for the one we did for Mob Wife, it was keys and then we had like bass and guitar and drums as well. For Snowfall in July, it's going to be very different. We've got, um, we'll have keys again, but then it's sort of guitars, there's cajons, there's, um, it's a lot more kind of um, acoustic feel to it. Um, that, that it's instruments that people can kind of pick up and play within kind of a pub atmosphere, that kind of instruments. But it depends on each individual musical. That's what we go with on, on what is right for the shows. And where do you think the company is going to be in the next, like, five, ten years? Like, what would your sort of ideal be? My dream, if money was limitless, as we discussed <laughs> earlier, <laughs> would be um, to have my own premises eventually. It would be amazing to, to then be able to, um, to have that, to be able to develop musicals a new writings in that building alongside having the rooms to teach in obviously as well so that the students can as I say because I try to use the students so much so two of my students are working because they're over 18 they'll be working backstage for the show that we're doing in Birmingham I've had students before who are doing photography and then they'll come in and do some photos and things as well for us so they try to be sort of linked in so I want to keep that that link between the youth and the actual company to give them those experiences. But yeah, in the next, I'd love to just continue to be developing, working with new writers all the time and to be putting on these shows throughout the country. That would be amazing. Having your own home, that would be great. Yeah, having the hope. As I say, that's if money's limitless. At the moment, we can still do that, but we just have to hire our venues. <laughs> uh, but also, yeah, to then, but I do love the fact that we have built up relationships with the theatres we've used as well, for instance, like the old joint stock in Birmingham, who are just brilliant and... Uh, and that's really nice as well to be putting on shows in these fringe theatre venues. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. It's I yeah, I love what you're doing. It's so it's so inspirational and it's just exactly what what people in the arts should be doing. I think that, you know, just waiting around for the right audition to come around just doesn't just doesn't always work and you you need to be right in there in the community making stuff happen. So Oh, thank you very much. Now, as I say, it's um, I feel very, very lucky with um, what I do in the sense that I've worked with some... The people I work with have been so lovely, and I think there are such lovely people in the industry that if we all kind of pull together, 
amazing things can be created. You can find out more about Sarah's company at their website, www.starbucktheatrecompany.co.uk. You can follow Starbuck Theatre on Twitter and Facebook at Starbuck Theatre. You can also follow Sarah at Sarah underscore Pavlovs on Twitter, and she is Sarah Pavlovs on Instagram. If you'd like to be featured on the podcast or you know someone who would make a really great interviewee, you can go to theworkingartspodcast.com and submit at artist. You can follow us on Twitter at The Working Arts. And please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends and family. See you next time. I want a story others would want to tell To say I ran, I fell, I explored the unknown I want my portrait colored with faults and powers Shaded by darkest hours that beget my face I have lived a passionate life I've sung songs of Drum and the fife Couldn't you